Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We highlight the Latinx presence in the comic book industry as creators, characters, and fans. Join us as we talk chisme, comics, fandom, and beer. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Comadres y Comics. This is episode 87. How are you guys doing? We're your hosts, I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. How's everything going? Any Good. new news? Any news? Yeah, I know you've been uh, running some more and you have a new running event, right? Yes. So I recently oh, yeah. signed up for um, a an event called Tahoe to Malibu. And it is a virtual event slash race um, where you try to cover 700 miles within six months. Uh, you can also have a team and I signed up with a team so you can try to hit that mileage with your team together, but you can also try to hit it um, on your own. And it's so mm. cool. There's this little um, map that every time you log your miles, it shows you moving on the map of how close you get or uh, the mileage that you're covering and they give you badges every time you hit a major city. So right now I'm on my way to Sacramento, which is about wow. 70 miles wow. from Tahoe. Uh, and then you hit all the little, um, the little cities along the way. And there's also an event that is half the distance, which takes you to Monterey. So you can go from Tahoe to Monterey, but I signed up for the Tahoe to Malibu and I'm kind of excited. And I'm, I'm actually contemplating. There's another one where you do the distance from one uh, coast to the other. So from oh, wow. California all the way over to the East coast. So, um, and you you have all year to do that so and i'm actually not sure how what the mileage is on that but i think it's like i don't know i'm guessing let's say like three thousand something but i have no idea but it's oh. a lot <laughs> wow yeah this year um i actually did 2020 in the year 2020 there's this one uh event that every year it's the it's as many miles as what the year is and i did that with a group of three uh, with two other women and we um were logging our miles to try to reach 2020 miles in the year 2020 and we hit our goal in september so um i it, it's actually these even though they're virtual i do miss my in-person races but even though these virtual <laughs> are just like, you know, doing it on your own. Uh, it actually is keeping me motivated, motivated to get out and, and keep active. So that's cool. That, that's amazing. I really love that. That does that. sound that's great. super cool. Yeah. Um, mm. I have nothing going on except I bought more art supplies. And, <laughs> but I've, uh, I'm really, I really liking this Inktober. I got new supplies. So I'm able to shade and stuff. Oh, cool. Yes. Mm. I so was very excited. All the little, like, uh, details that you were adding to, um, what was it to Hawk? Yeah, no, that the was a lot of fun. Hawk. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I liked a it a lot. I loved uh, doing this, uh, that big uh, hair piece he had. Yeah. Piece. <laughs> yeah. That, was, that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I've, got, I've gotten more confident with color. Uh, I just realized that throughout my entire high school and college, uh, years, I did not ever, uh, uh, drawing color and it's just recently oh. that I just become really 
um, inspired by color because all everybody who does their own characters, all these Latinx creators, they add a lot of color and a lot of like beautiful scenery and stuff. So um, in copying their style, I'm able to be uh, more comfortable with color. So I'm, I just went crazy and bought like, uh, <laughs> what is it? Uh, I bought those a uh, dual tip um, ink pen, not ink pens, a uh, dual tip markers. Uh, oh brush, yeah brush markers oh my god and then I, there was a sale <laughs> on amazon for uh nine dollars for a, a fine tip and a uh brush tip so i was like oh my god fine tip it just blew my mind so i went and did uh and peso hero because he has a lot of those little line details and shading uh-huh oh mm-hmm. my god blew my mind i was like i never thought i could draw like that I oh, was just cool. so excited yeah i was just oh, i haven't seen that one i have to go check it out oh, oh it, not uh, <laughs> uh, so um i was uh, just really excited about that and um uh, and seeing how it came out i even got the detail of the white shirt with the with the kind of like a gray shading like with the with the shadows it was just i i, I blew my mind how i was able to kind of replicate that so that's what that's what i've been working on what about you jen um well nothing new uh well actually no uh, now that i was thinking about it i am awaiting the decisions uh for uh, the colleges that i've applied i've been accepted to two conditionally and i just need to yeah and i just need to send in like um uh, my transcripts and stuff like that which i've done but i had to do it by mail because they weren't taking in um uh, electronic transcripts and i was just like okay fine in the Uh, year of 2020 covid they're not taking electronic. That's very weird. Yeah, they want <laughs> they want the print um, uh, transcripts. So I'm just like, okay, whatever. Uh, so I'm just waiting to hear back from them. Uh, and then there's one school that I've delivered all my paperwork, but they haven't told me whether they've rejected or accepted me yet. Uh, as is, I've been conditionally accepted to Cal State LA and Cal State Long Beach. Yeah. Yeah. The one that I'm waiting to hear from, yeah, the one that I'm waiting to hear from is San Jose. Uh, But if they tell me no, I think I'm going to go to Long Beach. So So listen, I was going to say, I would rather go to the bars in Long Beach than over (laughs) in Los Angeles. So you have to go to Long Beach and then Sarah (laughs) and I will meet you over there at a different uh, brewery every week. Oh god, okay. that sounds that, like a plan. That sounds like a plan. I am. That is gonna that. be awesome. <laughs> if, that is super If cool. San Jose accepts me, though, I am going to be going to San Jose. Well, that's okay. We'll just have to meet you over there every other month <laughs> at a <Yep>. brewery. <laughs> yeah, I'm down for that. I I really like uh the Bay Area, the San Jose like area right there. I I it it'd be nice. Like it's still California, but it's such a different California. It's so that, different. Mm-hmm. That so, I just so I wouldn't mind experiencing that. Yeah, I wonder if I've been. What's next to San Jose? San Francisco. Oh, okay, then no, I haven't <laughs> been. <laughs> it's where um, it's where the Manchester Mystery House is. Have you ever been there? No. Oh, no, okay. I haven't. Well, we should go do that then. Yes, it's very in theme for the I'm, month. <laughs> yes, I'll meet you in San Francisco. <laughs> that. that is so awesome. Anyway, guys. Guess what? What time is it, Kristen? <gasps> is it already that time? It's that time! <laughs> Hora de la cervecita! <laughs> yeah, I've been waiting all day for this. 
I, yes. eat, I hadn't eaten uh, any lunch yet, but I was like, oh, we're going to drink beer. So I ate some bread. <laughs> <laughs> I ate two uh, um, egg and steak burritos, but really thin ones. Como tacos, pero just, just for this too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. breakfast. That's, that's what, I <laughs> <laughs> what are we drinking today, Kristen? So today I'm really looking forward to this. We are drinking a Legacy Hazy IPA from the brewery is uh, South Los Angeles Beverage Company. And this is People's Republic of South Central. Now, yes. this is really, really cool because um, uh, the little blurb on the side of the can says, we are a Black-owned independent craft brewer located in the heart of South Central Los Angeles. We believe that we must be the change we seek in the world. Our pending B Corps status demonstrates our commitment to reducing inequality, lowering levels of poverty, building a stronger community, constructing a healthier environment, and creating high quality jobs with dignity and purpose. And so the cool thing about this is that um, proceeds from the sale of these beers actually go towards helping the community that um, the beer is actually brewed in and this particular brew this legacy hazy ipa is going to actually fund buying chromebooks for um people for i don't know was it teens people kids everyone uh mm -hmm. in south central so that's super oh, wow. awesome that's like such an uh, amazing thing and gives me uh, like i i need another one but gives me a great uh, excuse to drink beer <laughs> <laughs> no, ab absolutely i mean if there was any uh any That's suggestion on on why someone should drink a beer in uh, for a good cause this is it this is definitely it's a hundred percent of the proceeds of this sale of this beer go towards the chromebooks for students in south central that is amazing um and first of all i mean come on it's like i think one of the first breweries in south central that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. And this is a Legacy Hazy IPA featuring cool. Mo Moteca Simcoe and Mosaic Hops with flavors of pineapple, oh. leech, oh, wow. lychee, lemon. Lychee. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, I don't right. know what that is. Lemon verbena and nectarine uh, to produce an extremely juicy and easy to drink beer destined to become a collector's item Ooh. this this collector's i i i hope they do another a whole new batch because this particular can i got at 310 brewery and mm -hmm. i got a four pack and i gave some away and then i got another four pack and i just i am more than happy to buy four packs of after four packs after four packs because <laughs> it's it's towards a worthy cause right and it'll get me drunk so yay <laughs> yeah seven percent that's nothing to sneeze at yeah, no, look definitely. At that color. Look at that. Look color. at that. Oh, that looks wow. like you have like orange juice in your glass. Yeah, it looks really good. It really good. does. All right. All so right, guys. Open mine up. Oh my God. Oh, it's so oh, It smells like lychee juice. It does? Mm. I don't it think does. I've ever had lychee before. Really? Yeah. I've seen them at the. Um, at the frozen yogurt places oh my god <laughs> they have lychee as an option but i've never eaten it 
<laughs> oh my god, it, it's so good. Um, so first of all, for people who don't know what a lychee is, it's a kind of fruit that is um, um it's usually it's it's used in um uh, in like boba and stuff like that, and it makes yeah. cookies. Uh, and it's it has a very kind of gelatinous texture, kind of, but it's that's really why sweet. I've never eaten it because that's what it looks like to me, and I'm like, oh, that looks slimy, but I've never tried it. <laughs> it's not sl- it. <laughs> it's not slimy at all. It's um uh it's like uh honestly, it, you know how people are like tempted to bite the gel pods and stuff like that. Like yeah. if you're yeah, if you're yes. tempted to bite that, you can bite you can bite a lychee instead and not that's, die. And not that exactly. <laughs> well, <laughs> but they're they're really sweet and they're really good, and I personally really like them. But they are an imported fruit. Uh, they I don't think they grow here in the U in the U.S. Uh-huh. I believe it's from. Usually they're imported from Asia, like uh like the south southern, like South Asia, because mm-hmm. uh, uh that's where it like really grows. Um, um so they're kind of expensive, uh, but definitely worth it well all i know is it makes some damn good beer this is really good really really good and i actually taste because i i can't uh taste lychee because i've never had it before i don't know what it tastes like um that's not the first taste i taste but i did taste the pineapple um Mm. very uh early on in drinking it and there's just a lot of flavor in this beer. It's really, mm-hmm. really good. Oh, absolutely. I actually can taste the sumo, which is the zest in the citrus fruits in this. I can okay. taste that. Um, uh-huh. I think it's because um, I've had it sitting for a little bit. And so the aftertaste is more like the sumo, uh, the zest, which I really, yes. I love that. I actually can taste it too. I don't like zesty flavor like it like thinking about biting into an i see people eddie will bite into an orange <laughs> to start the peel and i'm like oh no that that gives me asco like i it ruins the whole orange for me and i can taste it at the end and i still it's not my favorite but it actually complements the rest of the beer yes mm. i agree and uh the way it's served cold like right out of the refrigerator i think it's really refreshing especially since again guys it's still hot here in california <laughs> it's cooling down a lot yeah, yeah it's it's, a, it's a, lot. a lot cooler today it's almost like i don't have the ac on or the yeah. fan on right now i'm like i'm like at a very comfortable temperature right now and uh rumor has it it might rain next weekend <gasps> rain joy oh my god i don't think people understand just how much like (laughs) we appreciate rain here in california because it's really really necessary oh absolutely yeah so not only for like water droughts but also to help with the fires but also it's just i like i like rain it's it's nice (laughs) as long as i can stay inside i'm i'm fine with it (laughs) (laughs) yeah so, uh, guys, uh, we mentioned a lot of the flavor and a lot of what's coming in the notes as we drink this beer. Are we ready to rate it? Sure. So, mm-hmm. as a reminder, our rating system is a five-point rating system with one being flaccid, two being initial, three being partial, four being full, and five being rigid. And if it is a beer that we absolutely just 
are crazy about. That is off the charts, Super Saiyan. So um, I will start and I'm going to give it a rigid. Um, I really, really liked it a lot from the beginning, even to the end, that little bit of, of rind uh, citrusy flavor um, really complements and ends it really well on the back end. Um, the hate, I love the color. I love hazy IPAs. And I know people give hazy IPAs a bad rap. Like, oh, it's like, um, like it's the IPA that women like, or it's the, uh, the, uh, what do you call it? The hipster IPA or whatever. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. This shit is good. I love hazy IPAs. I love regular IPAs. And this is one that I do hope that they continue to make because I, um, will definitely want to rebuy it. Uh, and I'm always saying I'm going to go to 310 and I never do. So <laughs> this might oh. get me, uh, out of my PJs and, <laughs> and out of the house to go buy some more. Yeah, I mean, um, I go there regularly now, and uh, I am fortunate enough to have the employees. They already know me, and so they do a lot of recommendations. Oh, that's awesome. And, yeah, mm -hmm. and they, like, definitely said, hey, uh, we got that in, so I don't know if you want to get it. And I'm like, oh, perfect. This is great. So um, I was like, I thought I totally thought I was going to miss out on it because I think they got the delivery, like, on a Friday, and I wasn't going to go until Monday. So, um, Oh, good. Nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So uh, I'm so glad. And each time I go, I'm like, oh, you still have some. Let me go get a four pack. Um, and, you know, it's it's pricey for regular beer. Like, I mean, I could always go to dudes and get the 24 for 24. But <laughs> but <laughs> but I got to say, this is a really refreshing beer. I love the notes it has the citrus notes. I love citrus. It's my orange is my favorite fruit. And so. And I love that little that little zest that comes into the aftertaste. Um, I I don't know what lychee is, but if if this is what it tastes like, it's delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and an extra extra awesome part is the fact that 100% of this the proceeds of the sale of this beer go to Crow Books for students in South Central, and God knows uh, South Central uh, and Compton and all the all these. Uh, um, school districts need all the help they can get. So, I mean, I, they're doing wonderful work. And for that alone, I'm going to give it a rigid because I really thought this was refreshing, delicious, and a good cause. So rigid for me. Nice. nice. Jen, what do you think? So uh, I guess because I was like talking about it, I noticed the lychee immediately and I uh, really, really enjoyed it. I'm honestly really, really impressed by how much I like this. I It wasn't until you pointed out that you could taste the pineapple and stuff like that that I was able to like mm -hmm. kind of distinguish it. It was like kind of a bit of a like right in the middle for me because the first taste that I got was lychee. Mm -hmm. And then on my second sip, I was able to taste the pineapple. And then of course there was that, um, um, that rind taste mm -hmm. as well. Uh, and that was present throughout the whole thing as, as an aftertaste, but I didn't really mind it. Uh, while I don't bite my oranges like um, uh, Eddie does, <laughs> I actually don't mind how, like, when I'm tearing open, like, um, uh, like a lemon or an uh -huh. orange, you know how it, like, like, the oils on it get onto your fingers? Yes. Uh, I actually don't mind that taste, and I kind yes. of enjoy it when I'm eating the oranges as well. Yes. Um, uh, so it's not like I wouldn't bite my orange but I don't quite mind the taste uh, <laughs> I actually kind of like it um I think I'm honestly I really really 
really like the lychee taste in this. I uh, really feel this extreme sense of mofo because I've never had lychee before. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm missing out because I can't identify the the flavor. Like I'm gonna go mm -hmm. to the Asian markets around here and be like, please sell me some lychee. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a it's it it's a fruit that I just I really like and that usually when I go to like a boba place I usually and I order one of like the fruit teas I instead of asking for regular boba I ask for lychee jelly mm -hmm. um, um I think I'm gonna give this a super saiyan for me actually Ooh, yeah. wow that's like, very impressive I like it that and much on an a IPA even Jen on an IPA yeah <laughs> I, I think that's what's knocking it over as well yeah. is because it's an IPA I genuinely enjoy it and actually the novelty of using lychee in a beer I don't it's think the first ever, time I've ever heard it it's the first time I've ever heard it I've never even occurred to me and the fact that I can taste it so strongly mm -hmm. and the still the, the beer isn't sweet per se no. i kind of get like my own mind is creating like a sweetness for me mm -hmm. because i know how lychee tastes yeah. so it's like it's it it is such an unexpected beer for me but it tastes really really good and so i yeah i i'm more firm and it's a super saiyan for me wow so that's two five out of fives and one six out of five for the people's republic <laughs> of South Central Legacy Hazy IPA. That's Isn't that amazing. awesome? Yeah. Oh my God, that, I mean, I'm floored, Jen. I can't believe we found, a, we found <laughs> I, you a super I Saiyan. really like it. This is really good, Sarah. Like, I don't know what I was, honestly, when I read that it was a Hazy IPA, I was just like, oh my God, another fucking IPA. All right, <laughs> I'll drink it, I guess. But I'm honestly stopping myself from chugging this beer because it tastes so good to me. Well, see, I'm home all by myself this weekend and I was like, I really want a day drink. And so I'm like, oh, start before we start recording the podcast, but that'll be a good <laughs> opener. <laughs> and I'm only sad now that I don't have more. Yeah. Oh, well, that has been our, our beer rating, guys. That's awesome. Thank you so much. All right, guys, now it's time for Chisme de la Semana. And I got some Chisme, guys. Uh, there's a new report that claims that Warner Brothers is developing a film project with DC's animal-powered vixen as the lead of a possible HBO Max debut. And they're considering an oh, HBO wow. Max wow. debut because of the COVID situation. Uh, but uh, originally, they are thinking of uh, releasing it in theaters, but uh, depending on how that goes, it may just be an HBO Max release. But Vixen, mm -hmm. uh, she actually... Um, they're trying to get um, kind of a Black Panther uh, following with Vixen. They're hoping to get. Uh, I only feel that that's going to happen if they get it right. Because if they do what they did with Suicide Squad, I don't think it's going to happen. But <laughs> DC needs to get their yeah. shit together. They need to get good writers. They need to get good editors uh, to, to get this mm -hmm. movie to, I mean, Black Panther, I mean, that's going to be really hard to replicate that kind of, um, what is it, thunder in a bottle or thunder in a jar, lightning in a jar? Lightning, lightning in, in a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> lightning, <laughs> lightning in a bottle. I, I've heard lightning in a jar, though, so you're not you're not too far off. You got the gist of it. Um, 
So yeah, actually, uh, I'm very excited about this because uh, Vixen, she actually has, uh, she possesses a Tantu totem, which is passed down from her generation to generation, which allows her to use and harness the spirits and abilities of animals, both existing and that have existed before. It mm, you know, like she could she could harness uh, I guess uh, I would have to say like a stegosaurus. It's possible. T Rex. <laughs> T Rex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but what else? Uh, they're also saying that uh, they're the uh, this. Yeah. So basically, they want to release it on theaters. They haven't really cast it yet, uh, but it's it's a project that probably is greenlit but it may not even be released in theaters. It may just go straight to HBO Max because of the COVID situation. Um, I'm excited to see who they cast for this, uh, for this character, Vixen, because um, she is a woman of color. And uh, I just, I'm really excited to see what comes up from that. And I'm not saying that I expect it to be a Black Panther. I know that they want to execute something similar to that, but um, they really need to get good writers, I think. Uh, DC has dropped the ball so many times uh, in action, live action films. So hopefully, fingers crossed, they do a good job and hopefully they can get some really great writers on it and editors. And uh, so that's my chisme. What about you, Jen? What chisme do you have for us today? So uh, they... Uh have um so there's rumors currently going on that supposedly like you know toby mcguire and andrew garfield are going to be uh featured in um uh, in spider-man 3 these are all rumors hmm. has not been confirmed but there is one that came out recently that um uh soshi gomez is heading to doctors doctor strange in the multiverse of madness um movie that they're making so basically what is this the second doctor strange movie or the third yes. one i think it's it the second i think it's the two? second one where was i yeah <laughs> i think it's the second one okay because uh, the first one and then they went to the avengers uh and then mm-hmm. yeah so it's the second one yes yes and so um uh soshi gomez is from the baby is from netflix's the babysitters club and i she is latinx so that's really interesting uh and there hasn't been it hasn't said anything about what her role is going to be um uh or who she's going to be playing some people are saying that it's like she's going to be an x-men others are saying she might be like uh just another like uh, a sorcerer or something like another like world's like sorcerer supreme uh we just don't know um, um but that is an exciting tidbit of news but there's also another thing there is drama happening in the Disney Plus uh, um, kind of like franchise. No! I need my Wanda and uh, what is it? WandaVision? WandaVision. My what else? Mandalorian? Yeah, I I mean, I'm so well, Mandalorian's coming at the end of this month already but there are so many listen, I signed up for Disney Plus, Plus I don't know how many months ago with the promise of all of these Marvel series that were coming up uh, soon in, I don't know when they originally were supposed to be released, but I feel like it was way before now and (laughs) I am still waiting. So I'm so, um, I'm so upset (laughs) about (laughs) saying there's drama with Disney plus when it comes to Marvel. So um, 
Uh, oh, what else is there? There was um, what were the ones that were? Oh, Falcon and uh. Oh yes, that's right. And Soldier. Yes. Uh, yes. Also, um, we have another one, uh, Loki. Also, oh, that's right. One. You know what? I've never jumped on the Loki bus. I don't know why. Oh, I sure did. He's so hot. I was gonna <laughs> say, people say he's so hot, and all I can see is, oh my god, that greasy hair. Like, uh, cut that freaking greasy, <laughs> wash it, and then cut it. <laughs> I love that greasy hair. <laughs> I love eyeliner like Winter Soldier and the lot. Look, let me tell you, Bucky did not become hot for me until he got all Winter Soldier-y with the mask <laughs> and the eyeliner and the long, greasy hair. That's when I was on board. I was like, oh, Winter Soldier, hello. <laughs> yeah but um no the drama is that the actress that they were um uh, asking to play she hulk turned down the position oh, and, oh what really? the hell and it seems who turns down a marvel position yeah uh because it seems that and there's been uh like since disney plus has started you know how hulu canceled a bunch of like yes. Um, uh, shows that they had been doing and stuff like that just to get them all over to Disney Plus or who knows what they're going to be doing with them. But uh, kind of rumors are going around that uh, they're canceling stuff much faster and like they're like ending contracts with like other actors and stuff like that so fast that people don't see it as like safe. Oh. Uh -huh. oh Especially okay. in these times right now. Yeah. But then uh -huh, you have, so. but, but then you have people like, uh, for instance, the uh, Kit, Kit who played Jon Snow, who he signed on for Game of Thrones, and he was really like, he actually I think went to therapy because it took a toll on him for what was it, ten years of work that he couldn't get away from because he signed on for the role of Jon Snow. So it was ten years. I only started binge watching it at the last season. I I. The last season, literally two weeks before the finale came out, I was like, I'm going to binge watch it so I can watch the finale live with everyone. And I did. I binge watched <laughs> all of the seasons so that I could watch the finale live. Well, not wow. live, but like with everyone else. Um, well, I think I think that's how so people it didn't feel. seem it's like, like 10 years to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, when I watched it the second time, I was like, oh, my God, it seems so long when I watched it live because they took like a two year hiatus and oh, all this stuff. OK, that and makes so sense. and so uh, when I watched it again, I was like, wait, the 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 actual storyline moved fairly quickly. It's just that we waited two years between yeah. seasons. But I mean, I can understand why she would turn down the role because either it could go really well and you're stuck for 10 years or it could go really bad and you are out of a job in three months. Yeah. But yeah, um, that, but that I mean, to be uh, what's going on because they uh, people are saying like about like the Ghost Rider series and the Adventure into Fears uh, series that everybody was like that Marvel said that they were going to launch the Cloak and Dagger series Runaways oh, yeah. and all that They're what taking... if that was the other one that I wanted to I was excited about what if was supposed to be mm -hmm. released oh yeah like and basically all these series that they were supposed to that they were like yeah like they were drawing up contracts for and so on and stuff like that and then they were all just like canceled like because yes. of the focus into into um uh, like their Disney plus uh title 
So I guess people just aren't seeing it as a job security. Like they're like, they, they're unsure. Like a lot of actors are unsure if this is the route that they want to take. Because uh, they're not, they're unsure if it's going to be steady work. Right. But I yeah. feel like that would be the case in anything in the industry right now with the craziness mm-hmm. that's going on. So absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Hit I mean, my name to something Marvel. I mean, that seems like a pretty good bet. <laughs> something Marvel, Unless it something was the Disney. Inhumans. Uh, in, in was that a TV show or a movie? I don't remember now. No, TV, TV, show. Show. TV show. Yeah, except for Inhumans TV show. <laughs> I mean, well, there was the Cloak and Dagger thing, and then there was the... Uh, it was apparently really good, too, the Cloak the and one Dagger. Of, yeah, oh, I yeah. No, I watched the whole thing, actually. Uh, I was really surprised they, they uh, went and canceled it. And then there was the one uh, with the dinosaur, the girl that had the dinosaur. Moon uh, Girl and Devil and, Dinosaur? No, no, no. Um, Runaways. The Runaways, oh, yeah, thank you. Runaways. I actually played yeah. Runaways. Yeah, and they canceled that as well. And then Legion right now, I don't even know. They said they didn't cancel it, but I oh. haven't seen them. Co- it was so hard to watch because my mind to, does not expand view. in the way that that show needed it to to understand what the hell. Was going on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I felt like I needed to take hallucinogenics to understand. <laughs> what no, no, I completely agree. You couldn't take your eyes off the screen because you'd miss something for sure. Anyway, I had to watch that- the first three episodes twice. <laughs> I believe it. I, I believe so it. Lost. I believe it. I believe it. Um, <laughs> so that was some really great cheese, Jen. Oh my god, that that yeah. I wasn't expecting that at all. You just blew my mind. That's crazy. Uh-huh. And now it's time for our book review. What are we reviewing today, guys? So today we are reviewing an oldie but a goodie. Um, This book has been out for a while, um, but we are reading it as part of our Comadesi Comics Does Halloween. um, What do you say? um, Series of episodes during the month of October. We are reading volume one of Lock and Key written by... Jonah, is it Jonah Hill? John Joe Hill. Hill. Joe Hill. I always want to call him Jonah. <laughs> Joe Hill. Uh, and uh, drawn by Gabriel Rodriguez. So in case Joe Hill doesn't ring a bell for you, um, and in case you have been living under a rock for whatever amount <laughs> of uh, he's been around writing, um, Joe Hill is the son of Stephen King. And so you um, might want to, if you're a Stephen King fan, pick up some of his other writings. He is a award-winning novelist and he is just like his father, a huge comic book fan. And so he um, ventured into comic books and he also has his own um, imprint with DC actually. I did not Um, know that. Yes, he has his own imprint with DC, and uh, he has quite a few, uh, the imprint has quite a few titles. Um, there's Doll House, there's uh, Basket Full of Heads. Um, those are two that come to my mind right away, um, and the imprint's name is kind of, uh, I, I can't remember what it's called, but regardless, um, 
we are reading this because it is a horror book and um, it is a series that has already ended. So if you want to go read it, um, there's actually uh, omnibus uh, available so you can read it and finish the entire story. And um, there's also a series on, uh, is it Netflix or Hulu? Netflix. Okay, Netflix. so there yes. is a Lock and Key series on Netflix. So um, probably I'm, I would bet money on the fact that there's people watching or listening today that might not have known that Lock and Key was actually based on a comic book. So yay! <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and um, last but not least, and imp- most importantly, why we are reviewing this book is because Gabriel Rodriguez is a Chilean creator so um he is latin x and we um are going to talk all about uh this book lock and key so um oh jen what uh what is uh do you remember what joe hill's imprint with uh dc is called all the Uh, horror books that came out uh i want to say recently but like the last six months are almost as if they never happened but it was (laughs) it was pre-covid when they when they came out i can't remember what it's called uh, I be- I think they called them, this might be me confusing it with the Netflix series that I was just watching, but I want to say Hill House Comics. Oh, that's oh, okay. That sounds familiar. That sounds maybe familiar, Hill House. Uh, like I said, Go I could Hill. be confusing it. Yeah, you're right. Well, yeah. Okay. So uh, with, the ha- the, with the haunting of Hill House <laughs> or whatever. Right. Okay. <laughs> so um, Lock and Key is about um, this family who had a tragedy happen, a tragedy and a death happen in their life where um, they end up having to move to the childhood home of um when actually the family member who died and this childhood home comes with it a multitude of really creepy uh weird stories that um that people kind of remember but not all the way um it's um something that children uh, actually are a little bit more susceptible and open to and um there's uh, three siblings that go with their mother to this home to basically start over and there is a lot of really interesting weird cool fantastical crazy ghostly things that happen uh when they're there and of course this is just the first volume so we just get the the uh build up to why they're moving there and then actually there's a lot of action and ghostly things that happen in this first volume Mm -hmm. and it ends really really like on a cliffhanger slash like uh uh like kind of like big reveal type thing so um i this is the second time I've read it. I actually only watched the first one or two episodes of Lock and Key. And I'm sorry, but I was bored out of my mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was so slow. And also it had been so long since I read the book that I couldn't really remember where it was going and what was going to happen. But actually, after rereading this book, it really has intrigued me to go back and re-watch those first two episodes and then continue on. Um, because I've actually heard a lot of feedback from people who have watched all of it that said that 
they really liked it and that they're, you know, it, it actually, and turns out to that it is really, really good and well done. So I want to go back in and read it. I mean, watch it, but reading this uh, first volume for the second time, actually, um, I think, and I keep saying this because I always, when I read books, usually the first time it's because I did it for the book club and I was like <laughs> doing it last minute on the toilet and before I had to go to work and trying to do it so quickly. Um, but this time I was able to put some time into it and I really enjoyed it. And I think there was a lot of the story that I had missed the first time or forgotten, but, uh, Joe Hill is a very good writer. And oh, yes. I mean, I mean, he is his father's son and he probably hates that <laughs> to be compared <laughs> to him. I mean, duh, he changed his name, uh, so that he, he, uh, nobody knew that he was uh, a king, but, I mean, his mother, too. I don't want to I don't want to not give credit to his mother. His mother is a very oh, also a prolific award winning novelist as well. Tabitha King. Um, so uh, he's just he's an um, I think it, we see novelists a lot in the books that we read um, where the, it, they were novelists first and then they they moved to uh, comic books. And I think that. For the most part, it takes some time for those creators to kind of roll with it and get the flow and like kind of like figure out that comic book writing is different than novel writing. Oh, but I didn't find that with Joe Hill at all. And I think it probably comes from the fact that he's a huge fan and he he's read comic books since he was a kid because his dad was such a huge fan. So um, I I really enjoyed the writing. I really enjoyed the artwork. It was so creepy. Um, the art was so great. The coloring was so good. So um, I actually really enjoyed this rereading and it's actually encouraged me to go back and read more and also watch the TV show. Absolutely, 100%. I completely agree. Yeah, I actually, uh, while I was reading it, I was like, oh crap, there is a Netflix uh, series out there that I haven't even started to watch. And the reason is I wanted to actually read the first uh, volume before I started watching the show and then I forgot about it, you know. And fortunately, because we're doing uh, scary, mysterious, suspenseful comics for the month of October, I thought it was just like a great kind of way to just get my foot in the door to actually watch the Netflix first season. I loved the artwork. The artwork was sensational. It was just so perfect the colors um I actually uh when I saw the characters I thought that they were going to be younger like between 10 and 13 mm -hmm. sort of like Stranger Things and was surprised to find out that you know Tyler was 17 uh Kinsley was 15 and Bodhi was about what uh nine or ten uh those are the kids uh, that relocate to uh what is it Key Manor key key house key lock house lock <laughs> <laughs> anyway the house has a name it's huge it has many yeah. rooms i think um, it's key something because yes. their last name is lock yes mm -hmm. <laughs> um i i love the way the story is written and and the art lends itself to take you from from before and now, but it mm -hmm. enables it in such a way um, that you're not lost in the story. Cause that's one of my pet peeves when they don't tell us we're doing a flashback, you know? Right, and then I'm yeah. like, and then I'm like, wait, that looks like the main character, but younger, but are we in a flashback? What's going on? Like it, it, yeah. it takes me out of everything, it, including 
the fact that uh, when Kinsey changes her look from like with dreads to like a more clean cut kind of uh, look, um, it was not um, it was not a spoon fed information story, but they told it in such a way that you grasp the concept and you're not lost. Is that her or is this her? Like you're not asking yourself who's who, right? Um, you know exactly that that's her because the story is told in such a way that it's introducing you to what the changes are happening in her. And I really, really, really love that because in comic books, sometimes you want to propel the story in such a way that sometimes you forget to tell the audience some stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that could also confuse us as, as readers. Um, so I really appreciate that. I, I love that. And the colors, uh, the scenery, it just, I really love this comic book. I didn't think I was. I was really hesitant to really? read it. Yes, really? I mean, I mean, Jen, I took it to you today because because <laughs> are you serious? Yes, but Jen, but Jen had told me she read it twice before. Yeah, yeah, I've read uh, it before. So, um, uh, but I was his, uh, there's a lot of things going on in my life right now. But I like was like I don't know if it's gonna be that good, blah blah blah. But when I finally started, I could not stop. Like. Yeah. My husband's like, are you going to turn off the light? I'm like, no, I love the story. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'm not turning off the light. I'm going to read this. It's, it was so good. And I just couldn't put it down. And now I want to watch the show and I want to yeah, read the, the rest of the t- trade paperback. So, I mean, I love the whole thing. I mean, all the characters. Oh, gosh, the whole thing with I, I don't want to spoil anything. It's just so good. Jen, what do you what do you have to say for us? So uh, I was able to um, uh, peruse it today. I have read the book twice before, like I told Sarah, once for the book club and then once on my own because I was just like, because the first time I read it, I was just all like, okay, like whatever. Um, uh, But the second time I read it, I just like really sat down and looked at it Um, because I'm going to be honest, I was not, I didn't really like the artwork in the beginning. Uh, It was, um, uh, I don't know, I just, I just didn't really drive with it. Uh, sorry, there's a lot of dogs barking. Um, uh, COVID uh, times. Yep. Just a reminder, we're all recording from because <laughs> we can't yep. be in studio. So we're yep. just rolling with it. <laughs> I apologize for all the noise interruptions. But um, um, no, yeah. So I sat down again to read it, to reread it. And uh, like once I got over the artwork, I was just like, okay, like I can see how this artwork fits this comic, but I really sat down to appreciate the writing as well. And Joe Hill is a really good writer, especially mm-hmm. you can tell like, cause I believe this wasn't exactly his first comic book, but it was one of one of the first ones that he wrote. Uh, and it's, you don't see any of that like kind of like awkward jumbling mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that you see with like even Ta-Nehisi Coates when oh, he began first writing. Sorry, he was the uh, worst. <laughs> he, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, he's a talented essayist yes. and, uh, and writer uh, for like um, uh, bibliographical, bibliographical works, personal works and like political essays and stuff like that. He is an incredible writer um, uh, for comic books. It took him a while to hit his stride. Yeah, I. It wasn't until I believe like volume two, possibly even volume three, mm-hmm. that of Black Panther where he really just finally got it. 
forgot how to write comics because it's a it's like it's a big stumbling block that I think a lot of people yes. don't realize it uh, because you're not writing a novel you're writing a script yeah and I think a lot of novelists essayists whatever I mean that actually the fact that he is an essayist that's literally what he did he wrote essays mm-hmm. <laughs> and tried to cram the, I mean the word the 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 word bubbles were so freaking big in volume one of black panther but um oh i forgot what i was gonna say (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like it took him a while to like really hit his stride for uh writing the comics joe hill like he immediately knocked it out of the park and i think because he had that experience like with an appreciation for comics as well Mm -hmm. um the story itself like uh it starts off uh with a funeral and gets bloody really fast yeah uh and i i remember that uh and actually i i did watch episode one of lock and key on netflix uh last night when i was like uh, when I realized, like, okay, Sarah's not going to give it to me until tomorrow. <laughs> so I'm going to watch the show. Um, and it does start off slow. Yeah. Uh, you're you're right about that. It does start off slow. But uh, I think it's definitely well worth it. Uh, because it, it started off slow, but it was interesting. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see how they adapted more of it. So I'm definitely going to watch um, uh, episode two and all the others. But um, uh, as I was perusing the book today, I... I, I remembered why I really liked it. And there's like, um, uh, there's, there's a good sense of suspense mm-hmm. in the book. And yeah. there is a character who you're not sure is friend or foe, but they're definitely ominous uh, in a way. And you don't know why, why they're, they are in the position that they are. Right. Just that you know that they have, they, yeah. you get the sense that they've done something. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and it's a, uh, it's 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 really interesting and uh it's it's a good it's a good bit he's he's definitely uh knows how to write horror uh and for his like first comic it was pretty good so all the later issues like i think i've only read up to volume three of lock and key and then i got like sidetracked by something but his writing only gets better uh and the story itself the story itself gets pretty even better as well so it's um uh it's it's a good comic like for reading for like you know the times october halloween spooky stuff but i think it's just it's just a good mystery horror too because there's there's all these things happening uh that you're kind of you want to know what the what the end game is and what is the secret of the house and why does it have these passageways not in not only into like it's you get the sense that one they they uh they lead to other worlds but they also lead to other like aspects of of sensation as well Mm -hmm. of reality Mm -hmm. as well because for example uh what the little kid uh god what was his name again Bodhi. Bodhi. yes Uh, one of the initial doors that he opens turns him into a ghost Mm -hmm. uh and he goes flying around and like checking stuff out but uh, when he looks back at his body, it's not moving. He's it's dead. Dead. Yeah. Yes. Dead. Uh, so if somebody found him, they would they be would like, "Oh my god, he did." They would think yes. he's dead. Yes. So you get these uh, like aspects and questions of like, okay, this is one of the doors of the house, uh, and the only way. And I think uh, you get the uh, you definitely get the idea that there's different keys 
that open different doors mm-hmm. or like the key or the keys open open the door and they could be the same door uh but they'll lead to somewhere else so yeah. it's the mystery of kind of does the do the keys hold the power does the house hold the power or does the family itself mm-hmm. the family that's named uh, you know lock lock is yeah. the ones who are because that this is who they are they can they are the ones who can go through these doors and stuff like that so well, it's I, just you, these are kind of like the three mysteries you're posed with in the beginning of the book and that you will find answers to later yeah definitely and in this first volume we actually run into two doors the one that turns them into a ghost and the door in which it changes your sex your gender oh right so, yeah. yeah so you can be like if i step through the door i become a male mm-hmm. so uh so that's you know, uh, very interesting <laughs> first thing I do too <laughs> unbuckle my pants <laughs> but I think it's really awesome it's definitely not a book for kids because of the uh, nature of the mature content I mean when we see um, Sam Lesser take that trip from the insane asylum all the way to the Lock Manor uh, we see a lot of things he has to do in order to get there. Mm-hmm. And that's not for kids. Definitely not. It's um, definitely a mature rated comic book. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. 100%. But um, I read Godfather when I was like in fifth grade. So. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, no, I actually like the artwork. I, I was taken aback because the first pieces of art and characters you see are Tyler, who is a jock. And he had like a square jaw. And to me, that just says like, I really don't go to, I don't really study, I just do sports. So at the beginning, I was a little bit taken aback. But when I saw the artwork throughout the comic book, and there are some scenes where a character is looking at something and he's seeing the present, but then in the other panels, it goes into the past with that same mm-hmm. kind of prolonged look. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really uh, uh, that's really hard to capture, like to have that prolonged look, uh, it kind of echo the past and show it in, in a panel format. I think that's that was freaking brilliant, I thought, just to propel yeah, the, the story. Yeah, the way that, that the artwork uh, and the storytelling... Um, actually was portrayed during the funeral where he's sitting on the bench uh, and there is memories that he can remember that happening in the background but he's sitting on the bench thinking about it and talking to other people was very very well done yes yeah and I I don't know if you like that I don't know if you noticed there was a window that showed the Golden Gate Bridge so it was just like he was telling a story within the story with the art too Mm -hmm. it it was just i thought it was brilliant like i said like jen said at the beginning the art wasn't something that she liked but it's something that actually grows on you and actually works very well with this story and this story telling and this particular spooky story so Mm -hmm. i mean i i are we ready to rate it because i loved it (laughs) sure yeah (laughs) So for me, I loved it so much. I love the art, the colors. 
um, the storyline. I can't wait to read the rest. I can't wait to see the first uh, the first series on Netflix, which I'm assuming will be the first book itself. So I'm going to give it the whole panaderia because I felt really spooky. I I couldn't put it down once I started reading it, and I just loved it. Oh, my gosh. What? I was just looking right now because I know that there was a... Um... There was uh, an ancillary title, Lock and Key, that is actually still running right now that mm -hmm. I um, wanted to tell listeners about. But listen to this. October 8th, 2020, Lock and Key is going to Sandman's Hell in its first and probably last big crossover. Wow. What? It's going to be a Lock and Key and Sandman crossover. Oh, my God. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh my god oh my god that's perfect wow Did you, have you guys uh, have you guys read the uh those detective the kid detectives that are ghosts in the sandman universe i haven't got that yeah. far the it's dream hunters right i don't remember if it's dream hunters but yes uh it's two kids that uh died in school and they're kind of like detectives sandman universe so uh lock and key and sandman oh my god you just blew my mind <laughs> so it says, it says, uh, crossovers are nothing new in comics, whether it's a meeting between characters you don't normally see together or even a collision of two different publishers' universes. But there's not something unusual about the forthcoming Hell and Gone, a crossover between IDW Publishing's Lock and Key series and The Sandman, the legendary DC Vertigo title that made Neil Gaiman's name in comics back in the early 1990s. Uh, oh my gosh! World's meeting is an intriguing project, and um, at a it, at a New York Comic Con digital panel, Lock and Key creators Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez teased a little of what we can expect from the crossover. Uh, despite coming out two decades apart and from two different publishers, the two books do have a lot in common, and not just because both are being adapted by Netflix. Sandman is being adapted by Netflix. Oh, yes! Wow! That, girl, I wanted to talk about that cheese man <laughs> like two episodes ago, uh -huh. but we were so heavy on the DC dick that I was like, no. <laughs> Bring it oh back. my god. <laughs> the second season of Lock and Key is currently filming while an 11 episode Sandman series is in development with Wonder Woman writer Alan Heinberg, Batman Begins writer David Goyer, and Gaiman himself as showrunners. Ooh. Yes, and, and they've now, already, they, they already have an idea who they want to cast for Morpheus. Um, yeah, I don't remember Ooh, off the top they of my head. Know, what, they haven't said who. Wow. Um, they, they said who they're looking at, uh, but I can't remember what his name is or the movies he was been he's been in. But yeah, that was something I wanted to talk about on the podcast. But I was like, oh, there, there's too much DC stuff we've already talked about, so let's bring it back. But yes, they are already casting guys. So it oh says for now, at least this crossover will strictly be comics based. Um, and the more important connection here is that the Sandman and Lock and Key are both excellent fantasy comics that work by taking a recognizable version of our world and then laying a mythologic my mythology just beneath its surface. Yeah. So there's a lot more to this um, article, but that is the first I have heard of this. And that's amazing. That that's is amazing. Really, really cool. Yeah, no, I'm so excited about it. Um, 
I'm actually following it, uh, the news on, um, once I get more news on who's cast for the Netflix Sandman, I'll reveal more of that. But yes, I, I know that they were already looking into casting Morpheus. Nice. The last information I got. And yes, I, uh, they are, like I said before on a previous episode, they're gonna it's gonna take place in the now with social media and the electronics that we, uh, he's, so he's gonna be imprisoned in like this oh in current, this era current, in this okay. era uh -huh. instead of in the 80s or no wait i think it was in the 60s or the 50s i can't remember when he was in prison no, i i want to say it was the 80s yeah i do too it, the 80s is when he escaped but he was in prison for i think oh he was a, he was gotcha. in prison for 80 years i think almost like a yes. century Yes, yeah, so yes. he was imprisoned in like the early 19, the early 1900s. Yeah, something like that. Yes, definitely. So anyway, um, so you were going to do your rating, Kristen? Yes. So I, I want to give it three conchas. Uh, and a cup of champurado. I really enjoyed this. It was the second time around, but I really enjoyed it. And I mean, horror comics are, horror in general is my favorite genre. My mom always tells me, why do you do this to yourself, Kristen? Like, seriously, I just finished watching um, The Haunting of Bly Manor. And um, <laughs> which is the follow up to Haunting of Hill House, which yeah. um, I watched when that first came out. I'm not lying. When I first watched Haunting of Hill House, I couldn't sleep for two weeks. Um, and <laughs> I watched it kind of simultaneously around the same time that I watched um, this other uh, Hereditary. Uh, oh, yes. Hereditary. Oh, that was oh some good God. shit. <laughs> you watched Hereditary and then you watched Haunting yes, of Hill House? we watched it in the movie theaters. And I'm telling Ooh. you, both Eddie and, our, and I were like, hurry, let's get the fuck out of here before the last one's left in the <laughs> I would wake up in the middle of the night sweating my ass off with the covers <laughs> up over my face, just laying there having to pee so bad but not wanting to get up for two weeks at least. This Blind Manor one was not as scary, but last night, like I said, I'm home alone this weekend. I slept on the couch with the lights on <laughs> and uh, was just perfectly fine. Um, but yes, so horror, despite my um, my uh, inability to be in the dark alone, is my favorite genre. Whether it's, I mean, Stephen King's my favorite horror writer. Um, I love Wes Craven. I love all the cheesy 80s uh, horror comic, uh, not comics, uh, movies. And I love horror comics. And so um, I am going to give it three conchas and a cup of champurado for all those reasons because it hits on every cylinder. And I actually can't wait to continue reading. Good stuff. Jen, what about you? I'm actually going to give it two um, uh, because uh, I know the story gets better. I know the writing gets better. Uh, and so this is just me knowing that the this series just only gets better. Mm -hmm. uh, and I am, um, I think two is fair. Two is like, uh, like uh, uh, with some hot milk. There you go. Leche con canela. There you go. Um, Ooh, um, to mm -hmm. help you sleep. It's a, it's a very nice two. Sometimes I give a, I give a two uh, when I'm like I don't like it, but 
I did like something of it, but this one I did. I oh well, I, I'm lying. I'm still not like as super fond of the artwork. Yeah. Um. um but it does it like it, I I think it does fit it once you get uh past it or if it's not really your like preferred style uh in reading comics. Uh. But I think two two's good. Um. Uh, it's good. Uh. But it only gets better. And so this is this is a good starting point. But there's some more interesting volumes and stories that happen later on that I think are more deserving of the three rating. So uh, uh, my rating is a two. Okay, cool. That was our book review, guys. And now it's time for On My Radar. Kristen, what is on your radar? So On My Radar is something that DC Comics just announced recently um, about um, a two-month event that is going to happen called Future State. And it is going to be an event where, surprise, surprise, most of DC's comics will be be replaced by a new lineup. Uh, hello, New 52. Hello, Rebirth. Um, didn't we go through this um, twice? We go before? through it. Who knows how many times before? We go um, through it about every five years. So, <sighs> anyway, if you're a DC reader, be prepared to lose all of your beloveds and have to start over from scratch. You're welcome. <laughs> What what? <laughs> <laughs> However, um, the DC uh, stories are going to take place in 2030. Um, I guess that's where the term future state comes from. And it's going to debut a new cast of characters as well as future versions for other already established characters. But one of the ones that I wanted to talk about and highlight today on my on my radar is that there is going to be a new character. Um, her name is Yara Flor, and she is a brand new Wonder Woman who is Brazilian. Wow. So that is um, really cool. We can look forward to this uh, Latinx um chingona coming to dc comics <laughs> future state and um it is going to be um they're going to be talking a lot about her origins and her connection to the amazons and um really um how she got into her position and what makes her the wonder woman at the time of so um she is from Brazil, but she is uh, going to be an immigrant to America. And so there's a lot of, um, of uh, that kind of element of an immigrant story there going on, too. So um, I am looking forward to reading what is um, what what DC is going to do with Yara Flor. And um, I hope that they don't F it up. But one of the things that I'm kind of excited about is that um, it looks like Joelle Jones is going to be um, uh, one of the, the artists. And I love me some Joelle Ooh, Jones. Joelle Jones is great. I am interested for that. So let me see. Uh, or maybe I just read that wrong. I just gave you all the wrong information. I saw Joelle, but I'm assuming maybe that's maybe it's not Joelle Jones. Boo. <laughs> that's just kidding. That's tragic. <laughs> so it says they're quoting someone that says Joelle was looking at Yara as 
Uh, and then I'm like, wait, if it was Joelle Jones, they would say Jones, not Joelle. So, mm-hmm. boo. Okay, so forget what I said about that, but everything else is true. <laughs> <laughs> so that is on my radar. Yep. Jen, you also have an on my radar. What's on your radar? So I, this is a bit more like um, uh, personal to me. I've been, I've been reading books like a lot more because of the quarantine and stuff like that I got back to reading uh the days when I was in high school and I could read like fucking five books in a week those were the days I know I used to read books without pictures all the fucking time and I'm like how did I ever have time for that and you know what it is because now I only have my phone in my hand all the time and you Uh, know you know how many books I could read if I didn't have my phone scrolling Facebook all the time yeah, I mean, I'm True. on Twitter a lot, I'm on Facebook, but I also like I read stories like on my phone as well from different like websites and stuff like that. Um, um, but I, I picked up reading books again um, and uh, I was reminded on um, uh, on Twitter of a book called Sabriel that I read when I was in high school and I well, wait, what was it? Sabriel. Okay. Yeah, uh, by Garth Nix, who's mm-hmm. like a really good YA writer, and he's won a bunch of awards for it. Um, but uh, it is—it was a YA fantasy series that was really, really fucking good, and that I still love to this day. And it was actually a trilogy called the Abhorsen series, and it was about this young girl who had to take up her father's uh, kind of mantle of. Uh, Abhorsen, which is kind of like a tamer of the dead. Oh, uh, yes. And it was it was a really great series that I really, really loved. Uh, but uh, it has been out of print for a while, actually. Uh, and it's going to go back in print next year in August of 2021. And I shit you not, I have put this in my calendar on my phone <laughs> so that I, can, I know that I can buy it because they're re-releasing it in a very nice limited edition gold uh hardcover uh with a like a slip case and everything and i'm like oh yeah i'm dropping money on this i want it because like um it's it's really really it was a really great series that i that i really liked and but i also think it was like it it definitely cemented a lot of my love of fantasy and had a lot of that the fantasy aspects that i liked but also was so interesting because it was set in a world where called the old world and the new world where the old world there was magic still alive and technology could not exist there but literally across the border there was there was something called the wall uh, and across that border magic didn't work but technology existed interesting so they were they were just separated and they both knew each other existed but people were just like i ain't messing with that magic shit so i'm going to go live in the new world so that sounds cool uh huh and so it 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 was really really cool and i really liked it uh and it's yeah honestly it's a great ya fantasy series um uh, that is going to get uh reprinted and i think it's well deserving of it so if anybody is interested in a cool uh ya fantasy that one they either want to read or they want to recommend to somebody a younger that they know or like the, any kids that they have i think that is a great series to give to them because it was it was really good and i really liked it and the protagonist is a young girl cool mm-hmm. and what was the name of it one more time sabriel s-a-b-r-e-l I-E-L. Got it. Yeah. Nice. 
All right, guys, it's now time for Juntos y Fuertes. Jen, what do you have for us today? So today I have a Kickstarter, actually, uh, and it is um, currently featured on Kickstarter as well, which is how I found out about it. But um, um, it's it's um, uh, it's really, really interesting. There's a lot of Kickstarters going on today uh, now uh, around this time, and I think it has a lot to do with COVID uh, being such a uh, major influencer of having all these Kickstarters released during this time because people are able to um, work on their Kickstarters and not be like uh, sidetracked from like conventions or work. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've spent the most money online within the last six months than I have in my entire <laughs> lifetime. Same. Okay, Yesterday, I, have, I, I spent random money on a random Facebook, um, com not commercial, what do you call it? <laughs> Marketing post or whatever, um, yeah. on a freaking coffee mug, but it was cool. It was a cool, <laughs> mug. <laughs> a cool coffee mug. Uh, Kristen, I have spent a lot of money on the nails that you have been doing. So I'm just all like, damn, these are good. But I'm uh, okay. So the Kickstarter is called My Name is My Own, celebrating June Jordan and Ruth Stone. Uh, it is uh, two anthologies by iconic feminist poets representing their visionary legacies and is being done by Copper Canyon Essential Series. Uh, it is It currently has 11 days to go and it is a little over halfway funded, uh, but it's still like, it's still just at the halfway mark. Uh, and it's, I, um, um, I know about uh, Ruth, uh, sorry, I know about June Jordan and I've read some of her, but I hadn't heard about Ruth Stone. Uh, and they, they have both uh, passed away. June Jordan died in 2002, Ruth Stone died in 2011, but they were extraordinary uh, oh, wow. feminist poets who wrote about their experiences and their own um, uh, like views on what feminism is as well. And it's, it, I got uh, really excited about this and I saw that it was doing, that they were doing it. Uh, but not only that, I think when people think of poetry, they think of uh, old poetry, the romantics, mm -hmm. the um, uh, the traditionalists, the um, uh, the transcendentalists, and stuff like that. When that's just not true. Like there's still there's modern poetry being written about yeah. today, and these are definitely modern poets. I'm um, they they have already passed, but their work is still very contemporary. Some of them they were still, um, uh, Rustone was still creating up until 2011 when she passed away. Oh wow! So um. um I think uh, I think they have very interesting views, and their work is uh, very um, uh, it's very powerful and very evocative. Uh, and I think it's something that people should read. Uh, I think it's uh, I think uh, it's really good. So the Kickstarter is called "My Name Is My Own," celebrating June Jordan and Ruth Stone. That's pretty cool. Um, high school, Kristen dressed in black with black black lipstick and goth hair and whatever <laughs> love to go up and down the aisles of the library and just randomly pick um poetry books and like try to pick the the most sad and and just self-loathing <laughs> i don't know what <laughs> poetry um that's how i discovered uh sylvia plath and ann sexton <laughs> so, 
Um, so uh, I, I don't, I've never heard of either of these poets, but it definitely sounds like uh, something that uh, I could reach deep down into to tap into uh, high school Kristen's sensibilities <laughs> and enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, it's now time for saludos. And saludos goes out today to Jay Gonzo. And lo estamos saludando because we wish him nothing but the best. He recently had to be hospitalized um, for oh, observation. No. Oh. Yes, uh, he, turns out he has some heart issues. Oh, and no. and so um, he's okay right now. But, I mean, of course, he's not going to share, like, his all treatment plan or you know, course of action about this issue that he has, but we send him all these heartfelt saludos and get well wishes because uh, you, as we all know, he has a live Kickstarter right now. I think it's in a, it's, there's 17 days left uh, and about, it's almost funded. It just needs $10,922 to get fully funded, but. Almost um, funded. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, I, I, but it's more, it's way over ha the halfway mark. It is. So, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it must be really difficult to you know be self-employed, having um, issues with your health, and having a live Kickstarter. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I don't know if it can get any uh, any heavier. It's yeah. heavy. It's heavy, guys. Mm -hmm. So. Heartfelt saludos and get well wishes to Jay Gonzo. And I truly hope we're going to keep pushing to get this Kickstarter funded because that book sounds amazing AF. And if you want to really hear good. more about the Kickstarter, please do visit our YouTube channel where we actually do a Las Platicas interview with Jay Gonzo. And hopefully you enjoy it and hopefully you can find it in your heart to back this project because I think this is a great book and I think um, I think it would be really great to bridge that gap between English and Spanish and you could actually share it with your kids maybe you're struggling to implement more Spanish into your everyday conversation with your children maybe it's a language that they're losing as a result of that and I think this would be a great uh, bridge to to cross with this book in order to help that situation. So saludos to Jay Gonzo. Please get well, take care of yourself. We're with you, dude. I just want to remind everyone that the, the name of the project and the Kickstarter, you can go to kickstarter.com and just search La Mano del Destino um, and uh, it should come up or you can just even just Google La Mano del Destino and it should come up. So yes, definitely all our well wishes to Gonzo. Yeah, hope he gets better soon. All right, guys, it's now the end of this episode. Where can they find us, girls? You can always find us on Facebook at Comic Comadres and on Instagram at Comadres y Comics. You can find us on Twitter at Comic Comadres, where you can send us a DM as well. We actually do pay attention to them. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us directly at comadresycomics at gmail.com uh, you could also like and subscribe uh, Comics on our YouTube channel we have all wonderful interviews there and check it out uh, like and subscribe like we said Snapchat currently uh, we are posting the October 
throughout the month of October. So follow us there. Thank you guys for listening. We have been your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.